welcome into Adam's Plus One, where, as you know, my Plus One is always the star of the show. I'm just here to make sure that we somewhat stay on track. Episode 9, Coach Brandon Schwebke. Crazy that I'm saying that, dude. We went to high school together. We played basketball together. Brandon was much better than me at basketball. He got recruited for all types of sports, baseball and basketball. Competitive as hell. Great human being. Very honored to have you on here, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, Adam. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, this is, this is going to be a lot of fun as, as we've already kind of talked about. Um, it's just something that I've been looking forward to doing ever since we've kind of put it on the schedule. Um, it's a, it's a chance for us to, to get to talk cause we don't get to do that as much as we should anymore. And at the same time, it's kind of like a, a little life catch up and hopefully we can share some, maybe some knowledge with some people who, who need it. And maybe I'm going to learn some things as well. And, um, yeah, it's going to be kind of a combination of, of reminiscing and, and catching up and also, uh, you know, a professional development type of thing, which is really cool. Very fun. Very excited to have you on here. And before we dive too far in, we got to give this guy a round of applause, man. This guy's awesome. So we were at Chipotle before this eating like a bunch of meatheads and, uh, just crazy dude sitting across from you. I feel like the last time I saw you was at the tournament that we worked together. Mm-hmm. Would have never guessed the next time I saw you be on a podcast. Why don't you tell the listeners? Because, okay, we went to, we didn't go to middle school together, but freshman year, we're all at North, right? What do you remember about the first few times we interacted? Because we're both freshmen. Mm-hmm. Curious what you remember of me, because I know exactly what I remember about you, dude. Well, and I, I think your answer is probably going to be better than mine then, because, <laughs> you know, yeah, like you said, I'm going into, you know, and understanding this now, especially as a college basketball coach, you know, switching middle schools, which at that time and Belvedere meant switching high schools, essentially. Um, you know, I'm going into a place where I knew some people, but I didn't, you know, I, I didn't know a lot of people. And most of my better friends at that time in my life, besides a handful, um, were at South because that's where I, you know, played and, and, and uh, you know, went to school, obviously. So going into North, I think you probably have more vivid memories of me because I was probably one of a few new people who were coming in as as freshmen. Um, but for you, like, in, I mean, I go straight to basketball where, you know, yeah, we're on the basketball court and you have an idea of what you think of a basketball player. Like, you know, it's going to be tall and, you know, whatever and, you know, muscular or whatever. You know, a lot of freshmen aren't looking that way. Um, but, you know, I remember the big, you know, mop of black hair that you had and like thinking like man that hair is bigger than this dude's head is he gonna be able to get the ball to the rim from the three-point line like those guys said that he was good i'm not sure if i believe them or not and those two guys were ben and g who you know and that's another thing that i always remember you know like you say i'm everything is new to me so like everything is in association at that time it was like you ben and g you know you guys were like glue you guys were like always around each other definitely and you know i felt like early on like like i said i had some really good friends who were there but not like diehard like basketball friends and people so that was i think looking back huge for me getting better just being around all of you guys because you guys were always going to the y you guys were always playing one-on-one or you know interacting in some way that involved basketball um, you know, and you guys weren't so bad to, to be around either. You <laughs> Pretty know, funny that, guys, I mean, huh? And G and Ben, you know, are, are kind of, you know, they, they're not gonna trust you right away. They're a lot less trustworthy, which is a good characteristic. Um, you know, my mom says don't trust everybody, but I'm still working on that one because I think I trust people a little too much as well. 
Um, but yeah, we share that, that. Was, we share <laughs> that for sure. We're more open books than they are. No yeah, doubt about it for sure. Um, but yeah, I remember freshman year basketball and, and coach Rowe and, you know, looking back, you know, and you actually ran into coach Rowe at a, a coaching clinic where he is a varsity head coach in, uh, up in Wisconsin now and doing pretty well. And it was a really good conversation good actually him. talking to coach Rowe and, you know, coming a long way from coaching us as freshmen at, at Belvedere North and, um, you know, yelling at me for shooting three point shots and things like that. And, you know, and, and I'll get into that topic later, but, and you'll appreciate this, that at that time, it's like, you know, you have to do something well enough in order to, you know, get the green light to do it. Exactly. And, you know, and your percentages will a lot of times tell you. So, you know, I kept shooting and eventually he stopped telling me to stop shooting because it, it started to go in. It's our right? weapon, bro. <laughs> right. And it's like, well, if they, they weren't going in, well, I'd pro- if I didn't stop, well, then I should have been taken out. Exactly. You know? So... You brought up a great point about me, Ben and G. Those are Ben and G. I don't view them as my friends. Those are my brothers. Like growing up, they've been there for my family, not only myself, but I can tell you when it comes to a, you look at psychology and how people grow up, and you look at who they're friends with. My th- the two two of my best friends were their their parents didn't speak much English, so they were very untrusting of an American like mm-hmm. me. First time I ever hung out with them at their apartment, their mom pulled me aside and. They were like speaking Albanian and Ben's translating. And he's like, they want to know if you do drugs. I'm in sixth grade, dude. I'm like, no. And, then, and they just, they ended up really liking me. They knew yep. I was, they, they trusted me. So they let me be around them a lot. So you bring up the three of us. I think of my competitive drive. G and I have always been super competitive, Ben too. When we were in sixth grade, I didn't even play organized basketball yet. We would play one-on-one, me and G. I'll never forget we're playing one-on-one at the Belvedere Courts. Sun's coming down like you can barely see. Their parents are on the side of the road over there, parked, screaming at G to hurry up. But we weren't leaving until someone won. We were going back and forth. Right. It's probably at 21. We're probably at point thirty, And it was just like, like it was like game seven of the finals. That's how serious we took it. Push each other, right? And um, it was awesome to add you to the mix because now we're talking about different level of basketball play. Um, it was awesome. But what I really remember about you freshman year, because see, what would happen is someone new would come to the school and then Ben would tell me about it. Because, you know, Ben, he comes up, he's like, hey, did you see the, here? the rumor? The rumor spreader. <laughs> yeah, ben, ben usually dude. likes to pour gasoline on the fire <laughs> more often than not. He's like, yo, he's like, Schwebke, I thought he was going to be like this, that, and the other. He's like, this guy's got, he's got pencil protectors, bro. He's a nerd. <laughs> and you would always, I remember in the hallway, you were like afraid to be late to class because mm-hmm. me and Ben would talk, talk, talk. And you'd be like, I got to go. I got to go. I'm upstairs on floor two or whatever. Yep. So, so I do remember how particular you were right away. And that carried on to the court. It carried on to everything. So my first idea of you was Brandon was on time and he didn't mess around, period. Well, I, I appreciate that. And that's a, that's a big compliment. And a lot of that has, you know, I, I think I have, you know, this is completely un, undiagnosed and don't get me wrong. Some things I do are a mess and things like that. But yeah, like, you know, my car, like, especially, you know, with the one I have now, like, I mean, it's got to be pristine. It's got to be perfect. It's got to be in, you know, good shape, like certain things, you know, like my office, you know, a lot of like the public areas, everything has to be set in a certain area. And, you know, and even my room, you know, my mom will thank me for this. It's come up, come a really long way, you know, um, you know, but everything is important because how you do you know, how you do anything is how you do everything. And, and that's and I know that's a very popular and common quote to, to say, but there's a lot of truth and validity in that because, you know, once you allow slippage in one part of your life, it's going to be really easy to, you know, for that to, to leak into everything else. Um, our, our head coach likes to use the analogy of, of you know, a barrel of beer and uh, putting one bad beer into that barrel is going to ruin it. 
Um, you know, but he's, he's 60 and uh, he's a beer drinker. That's kind of what he does, but it's, it's the same thing, right? Um, you know, it's, it's, whatever you do is also contagious too. And, you know, I'll give you an example of that. And this is, I don't know why this thought just came to my mind. Run with it. You know, we have two, we have two weight rooms in at Clark and there's the downstairs one that is the athletics only weight room and it's got the key fob and it's locked up and everything. And that one's always kept, you know, nice and tidy and perfect because there's, you know, extreme accountability there. They're going to know, you know, for the most part who it was, if something was left the way it shouldn't be. And every weight is always in the same exact spot. And then we have the upstairs weight room that is more of the public weight room. And there's still athletic teams at Clark who, who use this. And I'm not saying that they're the only, you know, victims or not victims, people responsible because it's open to the public as well. Um, but, you know, the weights up there and that's generally the one I work out in because I like, you know, I'll leave the one downstairs for all the athletes. And um, during the day, it's the one that's the more open. But, you know, there's bars all over the place with weight on them, you know, and as a person who works out at the gym, you know, you can appreciate where I'm going with this yep. and everything is, I mean, it's, it's bad. Like in terms of, you know, there's two, um, I don't know what to tell them, you know, the things that the dumbbells are, are held on racks. to, you know, yeah. racks, two racks against the wall and every dumbbell is out somewhere because, you know, somebody got a bench and they, and they didn't put them back. And it makes me think of, um, you know, like the John Wooden quote about character and, you know, this, this will probably be something that you'll have to go back and look up because I'm going to, going to mess it up. No, but go but for it, it used to, Perfect. it used to be on my wall, um, in my first three years of, of college coaching. And it's something along the lines of, you know, that reputation and character, you know, it, your reputation is, is, you know, what you do or how you act when, when people are looking and, you know, your character is, is, is who you are when, when nobody's looking and how you act. And I think that weight room is a small analogy for that on a grander scale where everybody knows that there's no accountability upstairs. And some people, when there's nobody watching, they'll take that excuse or they'll take that shortcut to, to you know, just get out of it. You know, it's like when you're trying to go out with your friends and you'd be like, hey, man, like, are you sure you just don't want a night in? Like, you know, you're going to give them because you're a nice guy. You're going to give them a way out. But you're hoping that they choose the right route, on the, the difficult route, the the one that's going to allow them to grow. Um, but but yeah, that just uh, that weight room, you know, you can tell that's a soft subject with me. So that, that just kind of went right there in terms of accountability. And, you know, everybody has a choice in, in their actions. And sadly, people are going to act differently when they know people are watching rather than when they don't. And you hear story time after time of successful people and especially successful athletes where, you know, it's about that that time where nobody's watching you. Exactly. And, you know, you don't have to go around telling people about how much work you've put in, because at the end of the day. You know, your business, if it's making money, people are going to know, you know, your, your, your basketball skill. Well, if coach now believes in you to play or now your percentages are increasing or whatever that statistical, you know, gain is, we're going to know, you, you don't, you don't have to tell us about it. Don't get me, don't, don't get me wrong. You know, we want updates and we want to know your feedback, but be doing it for the right reasons. Exactly. Um, what, one last thing on Go that is we, we were 11 and 17 last year for basketball and got 10th place in the league. And we were five and one in our out of our, how many teams? Uh, Fourteen. Also, let them know who you coach for. I know you said Clark. But. Okay, yeah, I, I coach for uh, for Clark University. I'm assistant men's basketball coach over there, and then I'm also the head women's golf coach. Which and where I, is Clark located? Clark is located in Dubuque, Iowa, which is about two hours west of here. Um, we're a small NAI school, um, just under a, a thousand students. And Dubuque is a great place, like sixty five thousand people. A couple other colleges in the town as well, so it's got kind of that 
college feel to it. And then we've got some some guys uh, from the area in, in Rockford as, as well. Um, so it's it's a great place for me to be. I was kind of talking before the pod here, um, you know, being cl- close to home. I've in my coaching spot so far. I've been in uh, at Dort University and, and Emporia. And I know we're going to go down that journey yep. later. So I won't jump in. But, you know, those places are seven and eight hours away. You can't just come home and, and do something like this or, you know, you can't come come home and see your family. You know, I've only got one brother who lives in, in the area still. You know, we've all kind of spread out, but I've got a lot of friends here. And, you know, I think some people are are the get out of, you know, the area type of people. And I, I love coming coming back here and, and seeing friends. Yeah. Um, but the last thing I was going to say on that tangent before and then we can move on, I swear. Go Adam, for it, dude. As you You're know, the plus one. Hey, you are the star of the show, so I can't steal the ball back here. You know, this isn't one-on-one, bro. Yeah. Well, I, was, I was a good passer, but I was never very good at dribbling, so I'll, I'll pass it back. I, no, I, you know I what you were good at? You were good at that little fake the pass to the corner when yeah. they're open. The defender goes there, and I'd be like... Let's hope they bite. I might even try that twice just to see if I can shoot it, because if I get an inch at them, it's going up. I remember many times. <laughs> You know, it's the person in the corner, like, here it comes. And then you're yeah, like, I mean, sometimes I didn't even see that person, Adam. I, I you know, I, it was probably you the majority of the time. And, you know, maybe sometimes I, I saw you. And but I, on and the I, way back, I was like, at least he made it. You know what I mean? That's what I was thinking. I'm glad that that's the memory. Because if it was, you know, that motherfucker, like, he should have passed the ball. He's over his last 36. Well, we, we, not that our record was fantastic, but we probably would have lost a lot more games as, as well. Um, last point on that. Yeah. What was your last so, point? So we went 11 and 17 last year and finished 10th in the league out of 14. And, you know, we were five and one and we lost our All-American who was averaging 25 and 10 to an ACL. And, you know, then we, it just kind of went downhill after that. I mean, starting five and one and finishing 11 and 17. So this year for, and he's coming back and we feel like we're in a good spot and we need to bring in some more pieces as well. And, you know, on paper, it looks like, you know, we're going to be in a good spot, but our league is tough every year. So for motivation, you know, our, our, we do skill workouts and weight room workouts that we send to the guys every summer. And, and this year, you know, the title of those was 11-17-10, you know, and it's 11 and 17 and 10th in the league. So that, you know, when we're going through that ball handling workout or you're going through, you know, that, that skill workout or that, that, that weight room workout and you're thinking, I don't want to do this or this sucks, well, look at that title. And if you don't want to be 11 and 17 and in 10th place, well, spend another 20 minutes doing that workout or, you know, finish, finish that set. You know, we gave them a blank calendar that has every day in the summer in it, and we're not collecting it. It's just for them to, to write down what they did each day. And then, you know, that's funny because multiple times, like, you know, we answered the question, like, no, we don't need it back. And then, you know, like kids would just be like, so uh, when are we turning this into you? Or like, when are you like, no, like you don't understand, like you're not writing this for oh you know us to like approve like oh wow yep you did everything you needed to you're gonna play yep and and that's just not the way it works you know and our our head coach coach Blaine is his biggest message is you know this is this is what I can you know this is I'm gonna guarantee you this is gonna give you a chance you know what I can guarantee you won't give you a chance is if you don't do all these things um, you know because everybody's got a different ceiling and everybody's in a different spot and, and everyone paints their own picture so they paint their own picture on that blank canvas exactly right. and you know the rest is up to them to an extent. Yeah. I love that. Going back real quick, you talked about how you do anything is how you do everything. Love that quote. I believe it's Zig Ziglar could be wrong. I know it's very much, it's utilized a lot, but the gym analogy, the gym that obviously everyone's monitored versus the one that's not how people act. What's amazing is if you had one or two people up in that unmonitored gym who just had accountability and they put stuff back and they kind of police one or two people up, it would amplify. Just like I'm sure in the beginning, at some point, it was all organized. One person got away with it, and it amplified the other way. 
I mean, it relates to a team. You're a coach. You have one person on the team with a bad attitude, and then he gets another person on board, another person, and it goes the other way. You have a leader or a few leaders that pleases everyone else on its own because as a coach, that's what you really want, right? You want them mm-hmm. to take ownership of it, I think. When, right? and, and, and yes, ownership is huge, and, and I'm glad that you said that because part two of the story is that, you know, and as coaches, everybody makes mistakes, and this, this makes mistakes, and this wasn't a coaching mistake, but I probably just shouldn't have done this, that – you know, my first reaction was so angry when I saw the weights all over the place and I put everything in a pile and I and I put a sign on it. Right. That said, you know, like, put your weights away like this is ridiculous, you know, like something like that. And and guess what? The pile sat there for, you know, and then little by little as people needed this or that, <laughs> you know, so it's like, you know, and, and you no, know, I thought about it and I'm like, you know, that's that wasn't the right way to go about this. I said, if I'm the one who is that upset with the way it looks then I am the one who needs to fix it. And I think there's something in that too, where, man, if you, if you want something to look a certain way or you want to have a skill or you want to have, man, you, you got to go do it. You got to go get it. So since the fall now, what I do is that's part of like my warm up because I know it's going to be there. <laughs> yep. So I go in there in the first 10 or 15 teen minutes of my warm up. you know, I put my music in and it's, it's all about how you approach it. Right. So now I'm approaching it in this positive light of putting all these weights away and thinking, yeah, this is a good warm up. You know, I'm doing upper body today. I'm lifting these weights up here. And then to your point, once you know it, yeah. I've noticed as I start to do it and I don't say a word to anybody, right? I just, you know, and then there's, I'm cleaning up for 10 or 15 minutes. Eventually people start to notice. And then there's the couple people who join in and they start picking up stuff. And then that was like the, oh, that was like the, that just makes me feel better about everything because at least there's every person in here might not be, you know, that minded or, you know, think that way, but at least there's some people who are like, oh, like, man, he's picking up all this stuff or, you know, like I, I could do that next time or like I could pick up mine and then one other set, or maybe they're the people who are not putting their own stuff away. And maybe they'll at least put their own stuff away because they're seeing, they're like, oh, this guy who, you know, they're, he looks just like me. He's, you know, because let's be honest, we don't have at Clark, we don't have somebody who is paid to sit there and, and go through everything and clean it up and pick it up. And like, we don't have that. Um, and I think that's also a small school analogy too, where, you know, especially with our basketball program, you know, it's, it's all about what you're going to do for your program. It's all about, you know, so I, I think that's the message there is that, you know, if you want something done or if you have a goal and man, you, you got to sit down and, and, and you, you got to do it yourself. You got to ask yourself, what are you doing, you yep. know, to make this look that way or to make it look how I want. Well, good on um, you. Good on you to realize it's, it takes self-awareness to be like, okay, I did that. Probably not the best. Let me go about it this way. Right. Have you ever read the book? Do you know who Ryan Holiday is? He's a pretty famous author right now. I don't. Great book. It's called The Obstacle is the Way. Okay. I love this book. It is an amazing book. He has three really great books that I've read. I've read all of his books, but the three that he has tattooed on his arm, one is Ego is the Enemy. We'll talk about Ego is the Enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he says, you know, ego is never a good thing. It's never a value add. It makes everything worse. It drags people down like gravity. Mm-hmm. Applies to coaching. Applies to everything in life. Uh, discipline is destiny. Stillness is the key. But obstacle is the way. I was just reading my pages before this on the 75 hard one of my favorite stories is um thomas edison built this amazing you know place where he's doing all his research right building he has had this building for years a lot of research in there a lot of products in there whatever all the documents it, the place lights on fire mm-hmm. i mean most people would be like what the shit right and they lose it and they'd be like how am i gonna this is awful thomas edison tells his son hey go grab your mom and sister they're never gonna see a fire this beautiful he goes home, grabs it, grabs his mom, and, and, and they look at the fire. And 
and, and Ryan Holiday's writing, most people would be freaking out that there's this mm-hmm. issue. But Thomas Edison was like, this happened. How can I make, like, I'm going to love my fate. I'm more Fadi. I love my fate. And I'm going to view this as I don't, I don't have to put these weights away. I get to put these weights away. I'm going to have a good warm up with mm-hmm. it. So it's good on you. You're literally, up, you know, embodying the obstacle is the way, you know, it's going to be there. It's it. Well, um, what's in the way becomes the way basically. So I love it. Anyways, let's jump into before we, before we move into your basketball. Do you think we're going to be on time here, Adam? Yeah, I, I didn't so. think so either. I know. Oh, right. Okay. Well, we didn't even show up on time. Sorry, Avi. <laughs> got a lot to talk about over here, but let's jump into before we go into your basketball career. I, I didn't I didn't write this down, but I do want you to talk about it. You come from like, in my opinion, a basketball family because your brothers coached and played. I don't know about Stuart, but it, basketball seems really important in your family. What does basketball mean to your family? Talk about that growing up. Well, and and it's funny because you know what I, I think. My dad won't be watching this because I don't think he has Instagram or anything, so I can say this. But I think most of our athleticism came from our mom, who is uh, playing pickleball and doing all kinds of stuff, you know, now down in Arizona. Um, <clears throat> but as a as a family, I really it's hard to describe what it means. But for us, it's it's about being together as as brothers. Because when I think about, uh, grow, first of all, I have a uh, two plaques in my uh, office that are you know like my. When I played at Rock Valley, my my MVP plaque and my uh, All-American plaque. And under one of them, I have a picture of my three older brothers, Chad, Jason, and Stuart, and my uh, German Shepherd dog, Jake, because I felt like those were the four people who were the most responsible for me achieving that by pushing me and, you know, probably literally pushing me and making me cry and, you know, making me get back up and, and, you know, really teaching me how to lose. I lost so much when I was younger. You know, they're five, five years older than me. Stuart's three years older than me, and they're all bigger than me. They taught me how to lose, which was invaluable at that stage in my life. Because, you know, then once you learn how to lose and you see other people who, you know, were in that stage you were in, like at a younger age or, you know, what, and this is true across a lot of things in life, you know, you're like, God, you know, in like baseball, you struck out, you know, so what you're, you're going to go up there and and you're going to, you know, bat again, like, you know, dang it. I lost to my, my brothers in triple play 2000, you know, who cares now we're going to go outside and they're going to kick my ass in wiffle ball. And then we're going to go play tennis ball and then kick ball. And, you know, I, I think it meant more of us bonding than it did anything because, you know, Chad and Jason, they both, you know, played travel basketball growing up and, you know, for like, uh, like Belvedere travel team and, you know, for like Dave Colby and, right. you know, guys like that. And, um, just you know, an intense voice when I hear Colby's name, just an intense <laughs> I, voice. Man, I tell you what, he's, that expo marker is dangerous and he's got to have a few holes poked in his pocket because if you miss a defensive rotation, that is going in there quickly. Um, and, and it's funny that you, I, we're talking about him and just coaches in general, because, you know, being a coach, I always look back and think like, oh, this coach was this type of guy. And like, you know, I, I look at Coach Colby and the time I had for him and like, you know, the the discipline and the accountability, like everybody, you know, knew who was in charge. You know, he wasn't an asshole, like, right. but everybody knew who was in charge and there was a standard. And if you didn't meet it, we were going to do it again. And if you didn't meet it, we were going to do it again until you got it right. And, you know, there wasn't there wasn't any doubt you know, the, it was just, you know, that, that president was set by him and that's at, you know, fifth and sixth grade. So you're thankful for 
because I'll tell you what, that's one thing in addition to like officials and stuff like that, that are dwindling is, is really good coaches at the younger levels. And even at the high school level, you know, you got to have coaches who are doing it for the right reason and, you know, love the kids and want the program to, to be better instead of just doing it for, you know, a, a stipend or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Some reward. Yeah. You bring up, um, you bring up looking back on coaches and how you evaluate them now because of the type of person they are based off of your experiences we've gone through since then. I was walking on the treadmill yesterday, warming up, putting together our overview, kind of touch, finishing touches. Started thinking about Chad because, I mean, and you know this. I mean, in high school, I hated Chad. Yep. This guy is a dick, right? Then I go to the military after high school. And then I run into Chad a few times since then because a few of the events that I would, I'd work with Jason, I got to watch him ref. And I remember sitting there watching him going, man, dude, I did not appreciate how great of a coach that guy was. Mm-hmm. Because, again, he, you could come off that he was, he was a, a little overbearing, but he gave you the standard. If you didn't meet it, there were consequences, period. I don't want your excuses. I don't want bullshit. Meet the standard. You know what it is. One time in a game, we were in travel basketball. I kept doing jump passes, and I threw a ball out of bounds. <laughs> and I kept saying like three times, like, my bad. My bad. Chad's like, quit fucking saying my bad and fix it. <laughs> when, when was that? That was on a travel uh, sophomore year. Our sophomore okay. summer. You remember this? Because, I mean, you remember freshman year, too, that, like, he basically just, like, became head coach for, like, you know, the second half of <laughs> yeah. the season. And, and like, I, I, I remember playing at Boylan. And I think it was in, you know, we had that freshman tournament. The tournament or whatever. You remember that? And it was a really close game. And, like, they had that Austin Angel kid, I think, at that point. And they, Chad and Coach Rowe were both standing up and they looked at, the refs looked at him and were like, you know, one of you has to sit down. And I think Chad just like, you know, looked at him like, you know, like, yeah, are you going to sit down? Like, and I also think he broke his clipboard later that game um, o- over his knee. Um, so he, in the summer, that, the next summer going into sophomore year, this is how much respect I have for Chad. I'm on the bench. That same game that I said my bad like four times. Chad breaks the clipboard in the summer of basketball league. So this seems to be a common theme here. Breaks which, the clipboard. I'm sitting next to him. He throws it. It hits me in the arm. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Most kids would be like, this guy, these days probably would say, this guy threw a clipboard at me, and they'd mm-hmm. go tell their parents. You know what my reaction was? Damn, I'm so happy because I'm on the bench. I'm not the reason that he broke that clipboard. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm just happy I'm not the reason. And Chad actually did look at me like a few minutes later. He was like, hey, are you okay? I'm my bad. Mm-hmm. I don't care, dude. I'm just happy it wasn't me that made you break the clipboard. But but I know I can see just by being coached by him, you grew up with that. That was yep. intense. And, and I see what yeah, came out of that. It was constant competition. I mean, And I mean, it was... Like uh, two years ago, we were, my parents three years ago were moving to Arizona and we were, you know, moving everything out of our house and found all this old stuff. And one of the things was this, you know, a, a piece of paper like this that was, you know, crumpled up and old. And it's, and Chad and Jason, who are really smart and very articulate, you know, and this was written when they were like probably 11, you know, it's like perfect handwriting, you know, like way better than I can, you know, write or whatever, write. And it's all these wiffle ball rules because, you know, we would always get in a fight or something like when something would happen, you know, so then that would become a rule. You know, it's like, well, now, no, now if this happens, you know, this, this and this or, you know, so it was funny. And, you know, that's that's how we settled, you know, kind of going back to that topic. That's how we settled a lot of things as uh, as kids is it's kind of funny thinking back like we'd get mad at something else and, and we'd be like well let's just settle it we'll go outside and one-on-one wiffle ball and we'll see who wins or you know what whatever it was and you know i'm very uh, appreciative of that childhood and 
you know, man, the, we were grateful enough to live in a neighborhood with a bunch of kids who would go outside and, you know, we're playing flashlight tag at night or, you know, we're, we're playing, you know, something where everybody's together. It's that, you know, going and ringing on the doorbell and Hey, is Adam home? Right. You know, yeah. that, I didn't have a cell phone, you know, and yeah, you got a household phone, but you know, if I'm just going to walk over there and knock on the door and, you know, see if he can play and, yeah. you know, riding, riding your bikes to your friend's house and, you know, like I, I'm very grateful for all that kind Dude, of stuff. We grew up, we grew up in, in my opinion, the best age before yeah. a lot of social media too. And no, we, we did. We definitely did. So let's, let's talk about, do you have something? I was just going to say, um, you know, you're just on that same topic. Like when you were asking me to do this podcast, like there's no way that I was going to do this virtually. Like it, it, yeah. it just, no, I like, you know, it can be, you know, something, but like number, number one, I, I needed to see you. And then yeah. like number two, like there's just, you know, you, I'm a big feel, a big vibes guy. Like, you know, when we talk about recruiting, don't get me wrong. There's a bunch of things like you got to go through and, but you know, in life, like, you know, you feel like if someone is authentic, you know, or if it's a recruit, if they're really interested or if like somebody really like has your back or cares about you, you know, you're, you can, you can tell that stuff. And, you know, not, I, I know you care about me, I do. but I'm saying like, you. you know, even the, though you didn't invite me to the wedding, <laughs> it's cool, whatever, your brother's well, wedding. Well, don't get, don't worry. When, when I get married, you know, I'll invite you and I, I won't invite him. How's, there we go. Uh, there we go. And I, like I won't be that. in Aruba either. So the, the problem is that we're on camera. So this is being recorded. So you got to hold up to that. He is but how you do anything is how you do everything. So I'm going <laughs> to expect you to hold up to it. Sounds good, man. I, I'll, I'll let him know and you two, you two can fight about it. <laughs>